Please pray with me. Well, God, we come before you with our needs. We come before you with our hurts, our wounds, our doubts, the despair that has been with us each and every day to whatever extent it's been over the past year, the year before that, or the years before that, Lord. We know the darkness that's in this world, and yet you come to us in Christmas and invite us by your light to a hope that changes everything. And so, Lord, I pray that you would, in this time of worship, singing familiar songs and even hearing familiar stories, that, Lord, you would speak to our story and to where we find ourselves tonight. And that, Lord, in our need, we would cry out to you even now, come, Lord Jesus, come, show us the way. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be holy and pleasing to you. And all God's people said, amen. The night is dark, but the love of God is bright. I've been thinking about all this year and the reality that there are many different days where I have found myself maneuvering through the dark. And maybe you can feel that way too. Maneuvering for the dark because you don't know where this is all ultimately going. <laughs> like grasping a glimpse of light in the midst of a lot of darkness. And then you might have looked around the world, your family, people you've known for years, And then all of a sudden, you begin to ask yourself this question. This isn't the world we knew. This isn't who I thought I was. This isn't who the people around me, I thought who they were. What's changed? And that is the right posture for Advent. To ask those questions, to feel those things, and then to look at these candles or to behold the manger, the wonder of the manger, and all of its humble ordinariness. And at the same time, realize that God came down. That God came down himself. He came himself in the midst of the darkness to bring light to us. God, Christ, who is love, came down for all of us. That we might see him and behold him and be called out to something new. You can look at the beginning of John Those are the verses that I've reflected most for this evening. The beginning of John starts talking about the incarnation, which is the big word for God becoming human in Christ. It says this in John 1, 5, The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. That's something worth saying over and over again to us in this season. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness hasn't won, nor will it win. Just a few verses down in this beginning of John, you see this too. Hear this in verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. Christ, the true king, came into the world. And as he came, maybe it's the way he came to us, or maybe it's the way we receive the story. The world did not recognize Christ as the king. And oftentimes, if you look at what happened in the story around Jesus' birth and his life and ministry, many people did not want to recognize Jesus as the promised king. Many people today, and us included, don't always want to recognize Jesus as the promised king because we'd prefer a different story or we prefer a different king or maybe we want to be king. (laughs) But that is not the story that God is telling. That's not the story he's inviting any of us into. 
the light came into the world. The true light was coming to the world. So it's an interesting thing to think about light. Because I think about light as a theme for this service, from darkness to light. And what does light do, if you've ever thought about that, right? What does light do? Light illuminates what is. It's kind of like what happens with my kids when we're at home, when somehow they all of a sudden will grab something like this. It's a flashlight. And they will go around every single room in the house, and they will turn off all the lights. It's not because we're concerned about our energy bill or anything like that, but it's just something about being in the dark, and then you behold a great light. Except I told them not to shine it in their eyes. Don't do that. Um, there's something about the wonder of that. Light, when everything is dark, illuminates what is. You actually see it for what's actually happening, because when the light is removed, you don't actually see what it is. Another thing that light does is light comforts. Light comforts when we're scared. You can think of maybe yourself when you were really young, how just even having a light glowing down the hallway actually brought comfort to you. I think about that for my kids. I think about that as a grown man. I like to know what's going on in a room when I walk in. Light comforts us when we're scared. And I think about this past Tuesday when we had the winter solstice. It was the darkest day of the entire year. How appropriate for that to be an advent, by the way. That we're in the midst of the dark. The least amount of light is the closest time in which we celebrate Christmas, the coming of Christ. But it's a whole day that's so grim. Where you have so little light to show us and comfort us and encourage us. The other thing that light does, and it's kind of close to comforting, is the light guides us. It guides us to where we're going. It guides us to the next room. If you think about it, I, I sometimes prize myself over trying to make it through my whole house without having to turn a single light on. But I always mess up, especially if I'm like trying to be really quiet at night and not wake up my kids or my wife, and I just will hit something because I can't see it. And all of a sudden, the loudest noise I possibly could have made happened, and I didn't want it to happen. But that, it's because we need light to show us the way. There are lots of different rooms and you don't know if something's changed or not. If, they make, if you hear what I'm saying, you assume when you move through the dark that the room is exactly how you left it. If someone moves something, well, you're going to run into exactly what was moved. And when you find yourselves in a new room, a new place, and it's, there's only darkness, you don't quite know what's going on. And you start bumping into whatever's there or who is, ever, who is there. And that's why I remember when I moved to Canada, someone mentioned this and it just stuck with me as a person who had never lived in a cold weather place before coming here. And the reality is, is you want to know where the roads end. You want to know where the road landmarks are because when the snow comes down like it is right outside, you have no idea whether you're going off the side of the road, whether you're going into someone's mailbox or just going into a ditch. You have to remember the landmarks, whether it's the snow or whether it's the, light, the lack of light, you will easily find yourselves not knowing where you are. The ultimate landmark for us, I think a lot of times for Christians who follow Jesus, it is the landmark of Christmas, a sign of Christmas which is often captured with light, the light of Christmas. What does the light of Christmas bring? Well, one of the things, and I have an image of it, I think of what I find myself doing a lot of nights this past season, which is I leave the lights on on the Christmas tree, even when I probably shouldn't, because I like to wake up the following morning and see the lights, similar to what you might have at home, 
or for us here when you see the, the Christmas tree in the back. It, you, you look at it, and it stirs wonder. At least I'll, I'll speak for myself. I don't know what it does for you. That's okay. But it stirs wonder in me. Wonder of what God is doing in the midst of this time. And I find myself leaving these lights on each and every night because I'm expecting Christ to come. I'm expecting Christ to come. I want him to come. I want him to bring light to all of our darkness, all the darkness in the world. I want this light. And that's what Advent is. It is that type of waiting, very serious, earnest expectation and waiting. Christ, would you come and bring light to this world? Or I, th- I see myself, in a lot of ways, lighting these candles at home. Every night, I've lit, we've lit these candles at home with my kids, and I've been talking about what does Advent mean? What does hope, joy, love, peace mean when we are people who know what it's like to wait? Whether it's the light of the Christmas tree that you irresponsibly left on, the lights of a candle, we are leaving the lights on for Jesus to come. And there are a lot of ways that we do that, whether it is through prayers, whether it is through season of not knowing what is happening, we wait desiring for Christ to come. And that's what we remember in Christmas. I'm going to read another verse from John. It's John 8, 12. John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the world, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus shows us the way. How is Jesus the light of the world in the midst of your darkness? In the midst of the questions you ask, the doubts and trials you have faced this year? Well, Jesus, like what light does, he illuminates what is in the darkness. Jesus illuminates what is in our darkness, the darkness of our world. What does that mean? I think what it means, to be honest, is it reveals what matters. We can find ourselves arranging our entire lives around things that don't matter at all. And the light of world Christ shines into our hearts, our consciences, and says, like I've heard him say to me, Chris, that doesn't matter. That's not what I'm doing in this world. Follow me. Follow my light. There's a quote that really stirred me this week, another pastor in New York, that really just convicted me, and I'll explain the quote after I read it. But hear this. He says this, that fundamentally Christianity is not a religion of people who know the truth inviting people who are wrong to believe in the truth. It's about people who are humble and who have found life, inviting people who are proud to lay down their pride and in humility find the same life. It's not that we're not called to be people of truth. I don't want you to hear me say that. But it's that our primary goal is to follow Jesus. Which means, for you and I, that means surrendering our lives. Surrendering what we think the story is supposed to be about. Surrendering it all and finding the love of God and showing compassion and kindness to one another. Part of how we discern what is right and wrong is based on truth. But the heart of God involves us surrendering it all to him. Jesus, as the light of the world, illuminates our darkness. Jesus, as the light of our world, also comforts us. It comforts the weary through his presence. I am just remembering uh, this evening especially just how many of you here, those at home, 
And how many people are part of our lives remember so painfully the losses of this year and past years? When every single gathering, you can in the back of your minds feel the person who's not there. The people you miss and you grieve for. There's a prayer I was reflecting on today that captured what this feels like in a season where many people get to, as many people get together as possible. And it's a prayer that I'll share with you right now. Hold me close, O Christ. Show me your face, even if this place, even in this place of lingering loss, even in this season that has become a receptacle of past sorrows. Lead me, O Lord, through this layered confusion of celebration and lament of things present and things past. Let me make of this day a new thing. So much of that lament and loss is also trusting that God does bring about a new thing for each of us. Some of the verses read through the story with the angel and the shepherd, they come from Isaiah in addition to Luke. But Isaiah 7 tells us of the promised king, a son who would be born and his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. It's this same king who will be the wonderful counselor. He will be the prince of peace. His kingdom will know no end, and he will bring about true justice. And don't you want justice in the world? Not based on everything that would serve you best, but an end to pain, an end to the darkness, an end to all the things that bring anguish to the souls of everyone involved. Don't you want an end to that? I do. This king will. While our losses ache at Christmas, we also have hope that God Emmanuel is with us to the end and he will lead us to joy. And that brings me to the last thing. If you're thinking about these things, what does Jesus as the light of the world do? He illuminates what is. Jesus comforts the weary through his presence and Jesus guides us to new birth. He guides us to new birth. Later in John, since we've been reflecting on John, Jesus says this, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whatever walks in the dark does not know where they are going, like me. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. What does it mean to be people of light or even to become a person of light in Christmas? It means to embrace the new things that God is doing in your heart and in your life and in the lives of others around you. To embrace the new, to show compassion for anyone next to you, the people in the poos, the person sitting next to you at home, to show compassion and love to the people who are close to you and even the people who are far off. The people you find that stirs up anger, frustration, and anxiety, those are the people God calls you to love to. What I find if we are to be people of life and embracing what the new things that God is doing in the world, because he's not done reshaping the world, is that we must embrace the new. And that sometimes means being a little clumsy in how we receive it. (laughs) I want to read another quote for you. An old world is dying and a new one kicking in the belly of its mother. Time announces that it is ready to be born. This birth will not be easy And many of us are destined to discover we are exceedingly clumsy midwives. James Baldwin, he's an American novelist. 
But what this quote really speaks to me is the reality that God is doing something new. The old world is passing away and a new one is coming into being. But God is not less powerful. He's, he's more powerful. His power is supreme. His light is everlasting. Nothing can overcome his light. The darkness surely can't. But as we receive the new things in the midst of hardship, we can be pretty clumsy in how we receive them because they throw us off, understandably. But God calls us to receive the new, to receive the new and embrace the new. And how do you embrace light, even if that means having a new tradition this year when you can't be with everyone you want to be with? How do you make the most of these opportunities because God is just as present in them? I'm going to invite our worship team to come up as I say a little bit more here, that embracing the new is part of the celebration that Christmas is here. We're in the night before Christmas, Christmas Eve, but tomorrow we celebrate the birth of Christ where Jesus is born and his coming out of, out of all of us demands a response. It demands a response. One of, the, one of my favorite quotes is by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. I am a huge fan of Diedrich Bonhoeffer, but he says this, that it is only because he became like us that we can become like him. What do you get in Jesus for Christmas? Have you thought about that? It's tomorrow or as you've gotten together with friends and family, you get together, you give gifts. What does this mean? How do you embrace light that will rescue the world from darkness? What I would ask you to do, all of you, is that this is part of a journey of placing your life completely in the hands of God, completely in the hands of the King of Christmas, the King who can provide everything that you need, the King who can shine a light in your darkness, not just a general, unpersonalized darkness, but your darkness, the darkness you experience personally, that Christ wants to shine a light into your life. How do you embrace that and welcome that, welcome that rescue? It's not just a longing in the dark that God wants to leave you. He wants to welcome you into fullness of joy, unfailing love, everlasting peace, and sure hope that no one can take from you. And so as we worship tonight, whether it is tonight or tomorrow or the days to come, we take the light of Christ with us because he's called, it, he's called us to share it, to take it out with us and to remember that Christ's line shines and nothing will take that away from us. So I welcome you to that and please pray with me as we pray to God who is with us, Emmanuel. So Lord, I invite you in this evening to enter into our hearts, specifically your light to shine on what is happening in our hearts that is not what you want to happen. <laughs> to, Lord, to lead us to comfort, the comfort of your presence. Uh, but, Lord, also I just pray that you would help us to receive the newness of life that you're doing in our world, our families, this church, our community. And that, Lord, we would bear witness to that by how we carry the light forward. Warm our hearts with your presence tonight, Lord. And it's in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen.